Podcast Movies Edition, presented by Phil Hinton. Hello and welcome to May's Movies Podcast. Coming up, we look at some of the disc releases coming soon. So hello and welcome to another movies podcast here on avforums.com and uh, this month we got Jer, we got Simon and we've got Mark. Good evening guys. Good evening Phil. Evening, Good evening Phil. Alright Phil. And uh, in this episode we're going to have a look at some of the discs that are coming to Blu-ray very soon and uh, let's kick it off with a bit of uh, classic sci-fi and certainly one film I haven't seen in oof, at least 15, maybe even 20 years. I, I don't think I've seen it on DVD, uh, and that's Flash Gordon from 1980. So, guys, are we looking forward to this one? Well, it's great fun, isn't it? Total camp humour, in effect. This It was music by Queen, total overacting by everyone involved, idiotic costumes, just complete madness. <laughs> Gordon's alive! It's just over-the-top nonsense, but eminently watchable. I think Chris is going to um, review this one for us because I know that he's uh, a great fan of it and it's a shame he's not here to talk about it tonight. Um, the press release here said it's rated R. I can't believe that for one second um, unless they're talking about Flesh Gordon, of course. Um, a yeah. very different film there. This one's coming to Blu-ray um, in the USA on the 15th of June. We get it here in the UK on the 28th. So uh, that's only well, this time next month, isn't it? So, um, yeah, I think I'm going to go partake of this one because it's such... Such nonsense. It's got to be fun. got to be great fun to watch. Well, you see, I think that's a problem for me. Because it was so camp and so bad, and the last time I saw it, I was a lot younger than I am now, um, and a lot more naive than I am now. Um, I don't think it will sit very well with me. Um, don't know about you other guys. Mark, what do you think? Um, I've got to side with Cy here. I think it's absolutely fantastic. It's, it's one of those that you can't analyse it. You can't really judge it on the same level as you would any other film but you know I, I fail to see how anyone doesn't like to hear you know the queen soundtrack really kicking in and mm. it is just absolutely ridiculous but in all the right ways it's it's overacted as as Sai says it is camp but it's not in a bad way you know when you you look back you know does anyone really knock Vincent Price for not being, you know, a character actor or something? You know, there there are lots of slightly hammy um, performances through the ages in uh, horror and sci-fi and the like, but usually they find a cult audience. And I think with Flash Gordon, it's it's a case where it's found a more mainstream audience simply because, well, mainly the soundtrack is just so fantastic. See, that's the thing. If it wasn't for the soundtrack, would the movie be so good? Because I remember watching this when I was a kid, and uh, obviously it was only out when I was born, so I was caught it a couple of years later on on TV. And I've not seen it in about 15 years as well, but I mean, like, some of the quotes from it have ingrained themselves in my mind, especially the classic, Flash, Flash, I love you, but we only have 14 hours to save the earth, and other such 
nonsense. So I think I'll be giving this one a miss, I think. And bloody Brian Blessed, what's he doing with a pair of wings as your man? What was it, Vulton? Nah, nah, nah. I don't know. I, I don't see the charm by the soundtrack. Listen to it. That's my advice. Ah, it'd be great fun. Stick it on, sit down, watch it. It would just be brilliant. Turn it up loud, mate. That'd be fantastic. I mean, it's total rubbish. We know it's total rubbish, but it's great. Yeah, but it's like the it's like the Rocky Howard Picture Show. I just don't <laughs> get it. You know what I mean? There you go. See, yeah, could you not love? Yeah, I know what I'm saying. Buy the soundtrack. That's a fantastic song. Okay, I think uh, we better stop there before we have to pay any royalties to Queen for playing that. Way. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've got to agree with you, Jared. It, it is one of those soundtracks uh, that is camp but is uh, ultimately listenable. Less, less <laughs> Obviously, that's two votes. I don't know what yours was, Jar. A big fat no for me, but buy the soundtrack because it's good. Okay, and uh, I would. Mm, I'm going to sit on the fence. Um, if it's cheap enough, I might buy it just to have a view and see see what they've done with the transfer and so on. Um, transfer on that, it's a 220 to 1 aspect ratio, 1080p. Uh, English DTS HD Master and uh, quite a few supplements on there, uh, Simon. Yeah, yeah, a few little bits. Um, we've got uh, writing of a classic, uh, the screenwriter there. We've got the actually the first episode of the serial that it was based on. That should be quite entertaining. It'd be great if they upscale that or if they actually make it into uh, 1080. That would look really quite spectacular. Trailers on there, BD Live and stuff. There's a few bits and bobs on there, so it um, sounds like it's probably got a little bit more than it was ever released on DVD. What's Debo? Oh, I was going to say, what's Debo? Is that some sort of new uh, HD exercise? Like, <laughs> it's, it's the motion <laughs> box in the chair. Oh, <laughs> D-box. Oh, yeah. It's a chair that'll cost you a few, uh, a few thousand pounds and it moves about. And yeah, but if you got a big enough yeah. sub, you can do that anyway. <laughs> exactly. So uh, that's uh, Flash Gordon. Moving on to another classic from 1963. Sonia releasing it July the 6th for the Region A. No Region B release date yet. And uh, let's go to Jeff for this one. Jason and the Argonauts. Well, I mean, how could you not like Jason and the Argonauts? Possibly, although I'm... Um, in the in the Sinbad camp when it comes to you know those type of movies that are done by Harry Housen and you know the old stop motion adventure movies Jason and the Argonauts is probably the best it it combines elements of all of the best Sinbads all of those other type of movies and provides a very very good package you know you've got fight with the Minotaur you've got the Golden Fleece you've got you know a lot of stuff going on there and the the the, the bit where the skeletons come alive is just it's still a little bit, a little bit scary. You know what I mean? I don't know what it is about those stop motion skeletons, but when they come up out of the ground and they start fighting them, it's just, it, it's tremendously exciting. So yeah, I mean, like picking it up in Blu-ray, is it going to be worth the while? I'm not too sure how you know good they can make this, but certainly if you want to see it, the best it's ever looked. Yeah, Blu-ray is the way to go. In fact, what um, wonder what soundtrack it has. It doesn't actually mention what soundtrack it has, so it'll be interesting to see because the originals were all mono, I think, but. Did Jason get a stereo release on DVD? I can't quite remember. Anyway, no, it, would have, see. it would have been a mock-up stereo, I think. 
Michael. I forget now. I, I do have it somewhere over there. Although, um, if if I remember correctly from one of the supplements that I saw a while back, oh, years ago now, I think there was a six-track magnetic um, with a 70mm release, so uh, there could be the original stems there for a surround mix. Cool. Wow, see that good. Hydra, the Hydran surround sound would be cool. And the big metal man, do you remember him? Yes, Telos, Telos. Yeah, Telos, Telos. The, Telos. Uh, the, the, the uh, I just have. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a fantastic film. I think it's probably his 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 peak. I mean, they, there's no, he didn't make a bad film really. Even his early ones, you know, twenty thousand um, monster from twenty thousands, and then the the octopus thing. I mean, the Earth, the we, yeah, we've already sources. reviewed. We've already been seen them. They're a bit. Yeah, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're a little bit cheap and nasty, but they're not well, bad Harry films by anything. Sorry, but Harryhausen was kind of an afterthought in those films in many ways. It was, they rolled along and then you got kind of a few minutes of monster shocks. But beyond that, really, even though they're, they're classed as Harryhausen films, they were just typical sci-fi fare, which, you know, have simply become known for his stop motion mm. animation but this is just the amount of action in it as as jez listed virtually everything that comes out of the sea or attacks jason there's just so much more involved well this Absolutely. is this is the one that they always use uh, any documentary about stop motion or um anything about ray harryhausen and uh, they always show the clip of the army of the skeletons yeah well it's just classic isn't it Absolutely breathtaking to watch and to is to be there. Um, even CGI can't beat it. I think you're you're physically there. It's just brilliant, and yeah, it's, it's the pinnacle you, yeah. of his career. You know, it it is it, it, it's could be argued to be one of the greatest films ever made, depending on your tastes, presumably. But okay, I, so I, so from one of Simon's uh, greatest movies ever made, um, let's move ah. on and uh, Sam Worthington, Liam Neeson, and uh, Ralph Fiennes in. Uh, a remake of a 1980s classic, Clash of the Titans. So, guys, are we interested in the 2010 version, Mark? No. There you go. Moving on. Moving anyway, on. what else is coming out? <laughs> I have to agree. <laughs> mm. uh, well, I, I haven't seen this yet, but on the feedback that um, that is out there, well, I haven't seen it either, so I'm just being very presumptuous. But I think it's well founded because mm. I was going to, see, I was going to see this film in 3D because, as you all know, I love the old 3D. But after seeing Alice in Wonderland and how poor it was in comparison to Avatar, and after hearing how rubbish this film is, and how many people said, "Don't bother going seeing it in 3D. You're better off seeing it in 2D in the cinema if you can," it put me right off, and I don't think I'll be picking this up on Blu-ray. Unless somebody reviews it and it gets very, very high marks. The problem is, you know, the the cast sounds good when you go Liam Neeson, Rafe Fiennes, and then it goes to Sam Worthington. Now there's a big drop off between names number two and three there, and I I just argue that seeing Sam Worthington act in two dimensions is enough for most people. <laughs> 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 Apparently the dialogue is supposed to be shocking as well, and you yeah. got these, you know, semi-thespians 
you know, Le- Neeson and Fines quoting these lines, which are just atrocious. I mean, like, I don't even think, I'm sure that the A-team has got better dialogue for Neeson than this movie does, so I don't know. You have it's, insulted I mean, forces kind of... beyond your comprehension. What a load of rubbish. But that kind of thing does have a, a, a certain pedigree. I mean, if you go back and look at what George Lucas was doing with Star Wars, he was getting old thespians and getting, you know, Peter Cushing and the like to say ridiculous things. But he kind of got them to say it with a straight face and they managed to hold on to a modicum of dignity whilst doing it. This just uh, no. Yeah, it, it lacked everything, didn't it? That was the problem. And, and the tragedy it is wet. it's bound to have a, a fantastic release on Blu-ray. It's, it's bound to be a spectacular picture and sound magnificent and have a bucket load of extras. Um, I do want to see those giants. Shift, yeah, just to try and shift the disc. Um, well, I do want to see, see the giant scorpions, though. Th- this is the thing, though. I mean, it's a type of film that is going to shift um, mm. on Blu-ray. Um, and saying that, I've already got it in my basket there, um, pre-ordered it. So um, I'm thinking I'm about it. I'm already taking... noted down that's on because... the receipt to claim it back on expenses. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, is your, that's is your fickle film, and you just like watching one scene and go, ooh, look at that. No, that's not what I do. But um, I'm actually yeah, thinking about taking it out of that that basket now. I've I've actually just brought the web page up, and I'm thinking maybe you cancel that one. Yeah, delete it. <laughs> so anyway, for those interested, uh, it's a two three five to one aspect ratio English DTS HD Master Audio five point one, and uh, there's quite a bit of supplements on there, including some exclusive HD content. But we won't bore you with the details. We want the details; uh, they are widely available at the moment. And uh, moving on to a uh, well, really, what is uh, an eighties classic? Um, it was banned on its uh, original release. It's coming out uh, from Anchor Bay, unrated. Uh, on the 31st of August in the US. No Region B released it yet, but I'm going to go to Simon with this one. Bruce Campbell at his best. Absolutely, absolutely. We are talking about the original, the original um, 1980, uh, I think it was 83, wasn't it, when it was banned here? Um, head of the DPP list, banned throughout the country, a video nasty to be reckoned with. The Evil Dead, of course. Um, Sam Raimi's... Um, debut film um, when he, he shocked the world almost with uh, just sheer guts and drive to bring forward a, a zombie film like no other. And what a film it is. It's it's completely over the top. There are some camp bits in it. There are some silly bits in it. There are some comedy bits in it. Um, and he shocked the world. And it was fantastic. A really, really great film. I mean, we didn't get it on uncut here until, God, when was it? About ten years ago, two thousand and three, I think. Yeah, it's so you know, it's it, it's legacy still lasts. I mean, people can still be shocked by this film, I think. Um, but it's great. It's great fun, brilliant, and it, of course, it had its uh, the part two, which was just essentially a remake when he turned up the comedy in part three, which is absolutely insane and a terrific film in its own right. But if you want to see where it's where he started, where Sam Raimi started, where Bruce Campbell. <laughs> These two mates just got together, and a bunch of them with a minuscule deposit, was it 300, whatever it was, a minuscule budget, and made this over a year, was it? They put it together. Yeah. Um, if, if you listen to the, the commentary track that's been made available on many of the DVDs, you know how this film came about, and it's brilliant. It's What they achieved is just brilliant, and uh, it's eminently watchable. So certainly to see it on blue, it'll probably clean up really well when it's 
cheap budget film, but I think it will clean up really well. Clean up pretty well for the DVD. It'll have a decent surround track as well because the DVD had one. So yeah, great stuff. You know, this is uh, this is one basically for 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 the kids of the eighties. I think we're all kids of the eighties here um, mm. when we were all at high, high school, and uh, just so happened that one one of the uh, one of the girls in my class, her father owned the, the local video rental store, and uh, ha- we we happened to go. Uh, on a regular basis, uh, round to round to her place and uh, have fun watching all the band videos. And this was the one that always was always on the list to watch. Um, yeah. And which we thought was absolutely hilarious. And it was one of those films that all through all through um, high school we were always quoting lines from it and quoting scenes from it and so on. There was this and a handful of others, but I think Evil Dead was the real one that, that sort of um, it was one that kids everywhere. Of that age group, and I'm talking about, I must have been, what, 11-year-old, if that? Um, and it was one of those videos that everybody that age uh, just yeah. wanted, to, wanted you, to get hold of. Did you say you started high school? Where were you living? America? Uh, no, I live in Scotland. And you call it high school, like Highland School? Uh, no, it's high school, yeah. High what, school? Why? What, what do you call it in, in, in Ireland, then? Secondary school. Secondary. What does yeah, that you mean? primary and then you have secondary. What does that mean? Was it magenta? Secondary, secondary school. Yellow? So you know when you go to your first school, that equals your primary school, and your secondary school is your second school. I've got to say... Uh, Quite simple. Uh, we're in high school. Yeah, we, we were. It was high school, high high school. That's that's where I went. Yeah. I seen Evil Dead 3 first, The Army of Darkness, and I saw it at a bird party. I can't remember what age I was. I was, I was young. I think it was about maybe, maybe about nine or ten when I seen it. And there seemed to be this competition going on at this stage where we used to hang around little bunch of boys or whatever you know what I mean and when we used to have birthday parties the dads used to I think they used to try and outdo themselves because we were seeing time bandits a year before at another birthday party or whatever and everyone was really excited about time bandits so this dad then decides I'm going to get Evil Dead 3 and show all these fellas so we all thought Evil Dead 3 was hilarious you know the bit at the start when your one's doing backflips and he chops their head off with the chainsaw but then my dad went to try and do that, everybody, and he rented us to fly and treated men up crying in the kitchen and couldn't watch the end of the movie. And there was bad reports back from all the mothers. And, oh, you're not going to rent that house again. God knows what you're going to be showing for birthday parties. But yeah, uh, Evil Dead, Evil Dead, fantastic film. Wasn't the second one the remake of the first one, pretty much? Because yes. I kind of walked my way backwards. And when I got to the first one, it was kind of like, hmm, this is a bit familiar, but not as good. So I'd actually rate them. Third one's the best, then the second one, then this one. But yeah, if you want to go back to the original stuff, I have listened to the commentary track. It's very, very funny. And and you're right. The, uh, the Anchor Bay, actually, the DTS soundtrack, didn't it? Yep. Which is pretty yeah, awesome. DTS ES. Yeah, super. Yes. So moving on, uh, another horror movie, which is probably held in high regard for those that came through um, high school or secondary school in mm. 1995. And uh, that was the... Seminal classic, uh, which is Seven, uh, which is coming to Blu-ray on the 14th September and on in the UK on the 25th of October. Uh, Brad Pitt, Morgan Freeman, directed by the great David Fincher. Um, this is an all-time classic, guys, isn't it? Career high point for Fincher and Pitt, I'd say. Oh, I think Fight Club was their career high point. But yeah, awesome movie this one is. I was, I picked this one up. A few years after it was released, and a lot of people are saying, oh, Seven, brilliant, brilliant. Kind of in the same way I picked up Shawshank Redemption. But when I watched Seven, it absolutely blew me away. It's got one of the best endings to any movie I've seen in years. And I can still see it very, 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 very clearly. 
but I haven't. I have never watched it again. So I'm wondering. It's also watch it the second time. Is it as good? It's also one of the most misunderstood endings. Is it? Well, what do is you it? Well, if, if any, listen, if, any, if anybody doesn't want any spoilers at this moment in time, I suggest you fast forward the podcast. Um, and the end uh, of Lost is rubbish as well. Just okay. End of Lost was... Wait, so that, six years. This is six years of my life in that stupid show. I, I sit up to the quarter to two yesterday morning to watch. I'm disgusted. Those guys are going to get a letter of something. <laughs> Okay, so um, what do you think was in the box, Yeah. What do I think was in the box? His wife's head and his wife is pregnant. That's the last two. Uh, uh, Simon? Mm-hmm. Yeah, his wife's head. And uh, Mark? Yeah, it was a wa- his wife's head. They don't. Okay, uh, right, go on. Uh, but the, uh, the actual ending, as I understand it, was the unborn baby. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, she, that's what I said. She was pregnant, and that's the last two. I got it. The other two didn't, dumbasses. They're going, oh, my God, <laughs> they're, they're speechless. Their drawers are dropped. They're going, oh, I can't believe that. You guys, you got you. Tell me, you got that right? <laughs> <laughs> you bloody didn't. Oh, that's so disappointing. And we welcome back our listeners uh, at this point. Uh, all spoilers out of the way. Um, okay, so this looks like uh, being a, a feature pack disc as well. I've got to say, um, it is one of those films that uh, when I went to see it originally at the cinema, it just blew me away. Absolutely blew me away. And uh, mm. it's not one that you can sit down and watch. Um, that many times, but I think it's certainly one that should sit on the shelf for a few years and, and be one of those films that you go back to every now and again. Like a fine wine. Or a good cheese. <laughs> well, Simon, you know all or about Or a good cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Put it on the shelf, admire it there. <laughs> Give it a feel texture. Pop open in that jar. I'm, <laughs> I'm getting nuts. I'm getting nuts. I get sweet corn. <laughs> Tell you what, though, four audio commentaries. Yeah. Well, audio. it had a fantastic DVD release, didn't it? Um, and, he, and he's meticulous about how he presents the films, isn't he, Fincher? You know, not only with his looks, but the sound and everything about it. Yeah. And he goes into great detail about how he does this on the DVD releases. So um, on, on Blu-ray, I think it's going to be just absolutely spectacular. If I mean, Fight was fantastic, wasn't it? So, yeah. so this is going to be just as good. Can I just ask something? No. <laughs> <laughs> is it relevant? Say, yes, it is. It's very relevant, and it's been bugging me for a few minutes, but I've let you lot prattle on. The <laughs> this is about the, the ending again, is it? <laughs> If it's the baby in the box, it's a large box. He could have stuck it in a different comedy effect. Trigger him a thing with a really big Lego set. <laughs> He's like, oh, I can't believe it. I thought I was getting Lego. What the hell is this, you freak? <laughs> no, it's, it's the head. She was pregnant. <laughs> you what? <laughs> right, the wife's head, right? The wife's head is in the box. Yeah, yeah, I get right? the wife's head. Yeah, but the wife is pregnant when yeah. 
Spacey killed her. That's the last two. Because baby can't survive in a mother with no head. You do realise that, don't you? <laughs> oh, oh, the baby counts as one then. Yeah, of course it does. It's a human being. What kind of morals have you got? I know as soon as you watched Seven, you went out to buy one to six. (laughs) 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 God. Oh, dear me. All we need now is some monkey news. (laughs) Oh, chimpanzee that. Monkey news. Oh, dear. Uh, that was very funny. That would be very funny. Oh, my God. Oh, Christ, I'm still crying here. Give me a second. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just lo- I love your delivery, Mark. You're just so serious. And... <laughs> I was honestly noodling with that for the past five minutes. Uh, All I could uh, work out was maybe he'd used a lot of bubble wrap. Why would he want to bubble wrap a dead baby anywhere or a head like, you know what I mean? Well, He's not going to claim for that back. Parcel <sighs> force, me head got damaged in post. <laughs> well, you should have used bubble wrap. <laughs> <laughs> make a claim. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, or you got the wrong package. Yeah. It was a George Foreman grill. <laughs> That'd have still oh. killed him. They rubbish. Oh. It looks like a good disc. Yeah. It does. <laughs> now we all understand what's going on. Yeah, yeah. It looks super. Yeah. Should so, so, so actually sound very good as well. Various uh, exploration of opening title sequence from multiple video angles with various audio mixes and two commentary tracks. And I have to say here, in all seriousness, Kevin Spacey is just the element bad guy. Absolutely. Really is. He's, he's a complete psycho in this, like a complete psycho. Yeah, he's terrifying. I think this is actually one of his best performances. I think it's like I think he nearly tops his uh, Kaiser Soze job. I prefer him as Kaiser Soze, but um, I've got to say he is the he's just the epitome of evil in this it really is yeah. but see I, I missed a certain amount of impact I'm sure there will be a lot of people kind of mount around my age who did because I wasn't old enough to see it at the time by the time it had been released it was kind of out in the public domain it was public knowledge that he was in the film but for anyone going straight in just to see it at the cinema in the early days when his name wasn't you know anywhere wasn't attached credits, to yeah. It, yeah. it it must have been amazing to see <clears throat> Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and, and actually talking about the usual suspect, I think the same goes for that as well. I think now that it's it's part of common folklore now, and and you know the I am Kaiser Soze is used everywhere in comedy sketches and all sorts now that it kind of dilutes the whole twist and turn of of that film now when you watch it. Yeah, but that was another one where we'd actually turned up to go and see something else, and we couldn't get in to the film that we wanted to go and see. So we went and seen Usual Suspects. We knew nothing about it. And the car trip home is, it, it would have been an hour and a half's journey back home from the cinema that we went to. And that was the fastest car journey ever because all we spoke about was the film and the ending and our theories about it. Yeah, fantastic Tinker Man's movie that is, yeah. Although, you know, word of mouth often just destroys movies. You know, think about Blair Witch, Paranormal Activity, even people telling you about how good movies are can often ruin the enjoyment. Discovering a movie 
without knowing anything about it and just stumbling across it is the best way because you do know nothing about it. Take Kick-Ass, for example, being heralded by many as being a good movie and I watched it and it was just so, so. I mean, it was because people were hyping it up so much when you actually came to watch it yourself. It's a disappointment. See, that's why I prefer to stay ignorant. Yeah, suits you. Yeah, it's, it's always <laughs> best to remain Just that like way, seven. <laughs> <laughs> You're still ignorant and you watch the film. <laughs> uh, the next question is going to be, why wasn't there a sequel? Good point. Why wasn't there a sequel to Malcolm 10 either? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Where do we dig this guy up from? Anyway, moving on. One film which um, certainly myself and Simon saw... Uh, way back in February, and we also spoke to director Michael Bassett. If you want to see those interviews, then head over to AV Forums TV. There are about, I think it's 10 parts to the interview over there, Simon. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, well worth watching. They're very, very entertaining. Um, just shows you how uh, versatile people can be. You know, you, you hear all sorts of horror stories of how directors and actors and people in the film industry can be with regards to press and uh, just how personable Michael is he's a very very nice chap we had a great afternoon um, watching the film and uh, having a chat with him it was, you, see, yeah. you see that's why I don't usually I take your opinions like gold dust about movies but I think the fact that you've met this guy you don't want to say anything about his movie that's negative because you don't want to hurt his feelings no not at all um, I don't think you should do it to a director's face necessarily uh, be, because, because then why <laughs> why would the director want to talk to you then? You know, if you That's go in and true. you say your movie was was crap, then why is he then going to engage you in conversation? Um, well, so, I, no, I'm not talking. I'm talking about like I'm not talking about the interview. You couldn't say, "Hello, hello, Michael." I have to say your movie was crap. That would have been a great open and line. But like now, you can <laughs> get, get the truth. I watched the trailer. It didn't look that good, and the trailer always contains the best bits. I've, I've got to say, best. for for the budget that they had, and I think it was something like um, twenty five million quid, um, which is nothing. Mm. It doesn't look like that on screen. It looks like you see, you see, you were already making excuses from poor Michael. He didn't have enough money. He only had twenty five million. So therefore, you know, it looks pretty good for the money he had. I've got to say, so, yeah. I, I, I've got to say, I didn't think his his other movies were up to much, and I didn't have that big expectation um, sitting down in the AV Forum cinema to watch it. Um, but to be honest, it looked expensive. It was nicely shot. Um, it was well put together. Um, some big names in there. Pete Postlethwaite is not a big name, is he? I wouldn't call him a big name. Who's he? He played, he played in that band, the the trumpets, didn't he? Those brass dogs. I think somebody was just jealous because they didn't get to go and interview the guy. Yeah, That's well, where was my jealousy? Advice. Yeah, whatever. I wouldn't go and see a rubbish film anyway. Good one, Michael. <laughs> what a waste of 25 million. I'm not buying your Blu-ray either. What about that? Did you give me an invite? <laughs> but it's, obviously, in all fairness, um, you know, the guy was restrained with budget and so on. But um, I think Simon will agree with me here. It's... It's one of those films that you're not going to be um, annoyed having spent the money on the disc. Um, Absolutely. No. It's, it's going to be it's one a... of those films that you can sit and watch and think, well, that was entertaining. Yeah, it was. It's, it is an entertaining film, and, it, and it's not quite what you expect. When, when, when you think of a, a fantasy film, your mind automatically, because of you know uh, Pete Jackson, it automatically goes to Lord of the Rings type thing, and it's not like that at all. Yes, it's got all the fantasy elements, but it's far, far darker and it's incredibly violent in places and quite vicious. Um, and for that reason, I think it, it hasn't quite found its audience yet because people are expecting, you know, um, 
elves and, and whatever. Um, but it's not that at all. It's very, very different. Very dark, very moody, very rainy, very wet. <laughs> Demon. It, but it, it's, 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 you won't be disappointed when you, when you see it. Sorry, is it a little bit like, uh, I think, stuff like The 13th Warrior? You know, it's, it, it'll have a good amount of action in it. And you might not come away thinking it's the greatest thing ever, but it, it certainly entertains. Yeah, Absolutely. Definite, definitely. Definitely. Um, and I've got to say, I, I think his, his cinematographer did a, an excellent job with it as well. Lots of muted colours in there. Very dark, dank, wet, cold, very cold colour palette. Lots of blues in there and uh, um, all adds to the atmosphere. And and I've got to say, the uh, James Pufoy actually pulls it off as as the lead in the, in the film. I wasn't very sure about him, but... Um, he certainly does a good job of the of the main character, um, mm. and I certainly haven't seen on the internet any of the the really negative press, which um, was always a risk by by doing a film like this. No, no that's right. I haven't seen um, any really good press either, to be quite honest with you. It's kind of just slipped by unnoticed. Yeah, that's a real shame. Well, well, that, yeah. that's the big shame with it. I, I think it will find its audience on on Blu-ray. I, I, I hope it, so. Yeah. I hope it does because, like we say, it's an entertaining movie. It's it's not a world beater by any uh, stretch of the imagination, and um, certainly that there are some wooden performances in there. I mean, his daughter's in there um, playing the witch, um, yeah. and I thought she came across really well for an untrained actor. So, um, yeah, it's it's worth. A rental, I yeah. think. Yeah, well, it, it's going to have a reasonably good release. I mean, I've got, got the press release here. He's, he's, um, Michael and James have done a commentary for it. There's a video introduction for it. There's a making of. There's a montage clip. There's interviews with various people in there. Um, there's a deleted scene, a special effects creation of the fire demon and, and some artwork stuff, and, as well as a trailer. So, I mean, it's not, it's not going to be a, a, a straight-to-disc release here. It looks like it's going to have a, a very, very good release. And it... To be honest, it needs something like that because it needs to be seen. You know, it's a shame that it sort of just slipped by. You, you, you know what it kind so of reminds much. me of? You know that movie that was out a while back called, um, was it Outlander? Out, Outlander? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is it like that? Chris Lovely. Really? Oh, yeah. okay. I must give it a shout. <clears throat> I might actually check this one out as well if you guys are raving about it. Yeah, it was, it's certainly worth watching. I, I, would, I would not say it's, uh, it's rubbish by any means. It's a, it's a, it's a good film. Hmm. Yep, it's a good film. Deserves to be seen, I think. Yeah, and uh, one up for the for the for the Brits, you know, support the British film industry and all that. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing when you haven't got a huge studio behind you. I think it's really hard. Um, I, I think when we shot our interview, there was still um, no news of a of a UK theatrical run. I mean, that's how up in the air things were for it. You know, distribution wise and so on. So it did get a cinema release, but it wasn't. A, a huge release, so hopefully it'll do a bit better on disc. It's released by Entertainment and Video, and it's out on the twenty eighth of June. And uh, let's wrap up this month's uh, movies podcast uh, with some news from Mark, who's been itching uh, for the last thirty odd minutes to tell us all about um, his Mitsubishi Shogun. Assassin. Yes, indeed, Shogun Assassin. Not everyone's cup of tea. Some call it nothing more than a bastardization of the first two. Baby Can't Stroke, Lone Wolf and Cub films. Yes, it, yes, it is. But it's so much more than that. The the dub makes it more than that. The score makes it more than that. It's It can be appreciated by people who love their samurai films, and I do. 
I'm <laughs> absolutely huge on them. But it's just it's got such a classic synth laden score for and some of the some of the dubbed English voice acting is so hammy, it's absolutely spectacular. And this is coming from Anime I Go to celebrate the thirtieth anniversary. And it should be out in July or August. I'm, I'm not, was it, was it banned as well? As, as, along with Evil yes, Dead, indeed, it was it, banned. It, it was, wasn't it? It was lumped in with all the video nasties, wasn't it? It got lumped in with a lot of the video nasties. It was banned for uh, for some time in the UK. There was a big hoo ha about it. It's got a lot of limb severing, a lot of blood, a lot of shed. blood all over the place, isn't it? The, the the buckets of blood thrown at the screen, that sort of stuff. The huge, almost Monty Python esque blood squirts, isn't it? They've got. They've taken the first two films, they've cut them down to about, I think it's about 85 minutes, and just thrown in absolutely every scene of violence they can get their hands on. <laughs> but how's and that going to make it, sense if it's two films stuck it together? It doesn't. None of the plot makes any sense. It ends without any kind of real conclusion. None of the characterization makes any sense. From a, a point of a historical point of view to do with feudal Japan, none of the characters actually work out from what they were in the original films. Basically, nothing makes sense, but it so has got what? an absolutely classic 80s score, original score made for this, all new English voice acting, and the voice acting is pretty bad. It's it's hammy, it's classic sci-fi <laughs> stroke. I'm, I'm, Mark, I'm, 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 Mark, I'm excited about this. You're just making this sound rubbish. <laughs> You've been no, too excited no, about it for like an hour. No, it's the same as Flash Gordon. You've got to understand. Got to yeah, yeah. How's it the same as Flash Gordon? Flash Gordon's got a plot. <laughs> Flash Gordon's got no co- plot. It doesn't really have a plot. <laughs> Who remembers what the plot of Flash Gordon was? I don't know. The, Some quarterback or an Ajax missile. Exactly. All anyone remembers is Ming the Merciless and Timothy Dalton sticking his hand in a tree stump. Oh, I thought it was Peter Duncan that did that. They both did. Exactly. That's all you remember. I remember. I remember the fight on the disc. With the spikes coming out of it. Yeah. That yeah, yeah, yeah. Hang, hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. I'm more interested in this samurai. What, what are you on about here? Samurai. It is absolutely fantastic. It, it's basically, it's all the action from the first two films of the Baby Cart series. And that's all you really need to know. It's right. cut together to so, so, absolutely maximise the action, the bloodshed, the carnage. And it is an absolute cult classic, and people so will be like, screaming blasphemy so at you for not so understanding. It's like, a, it's like a YouTube montage of all, of all the best Star Wars bits, basically. That's that's what I think it is. Well, consider consider how many fan edits of Star Wars there are out there that are better than what George Lucas has. Consider how many geeks there are out there, and the answer is not surprising. Oh, <laughs> shut up with your tree D. <laughs> <laughs> Shogun Assassin in three D. Even the 3D doesn't it, make sense. It's absolutely fantastic. <laughs> but the, I'm struggling with this. How can a film with no plot, no no characters, and just edited together fight scenes be good? I, I, I'm struggling it, now, here. I will, in Mark's defence, he does know his Asian movies, so I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, even though it sounds like he's talking absolutely Yeah, nonsense. but not those, those type of Asian movies. <laughs> <laughs> movies. Actually, I, I've seen Shogun Assassin several times years years ago. It's not a bad film. Um, although Mark is he's hitting the nail exactly right, and he, how he describes it is exactly how it is, and it comes across in the spoken word as sounding rubbish. It's actually a really fun film. It's, you can't it, defend it on any kind of 
no, intelligent you level. You can't defend it as a cerebral classic. You can't so put it up a... there with Kurosawa's works. It's, 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 it's almost anyone... a film of its time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Flash imagine, Gordon, imagine, Thrall, yeah. Shogun Assassin. If you yeah, like the... that kind of slightly hammy acting, absurd lines of dialogue that are infinitely quotable when you're drunk, then it is absolutely... <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. Give us, give us a quote. Give us a quote to finish off. Ron, I have a third choice. Is that That's it? Um, Ron, I have well, a third choice. You've got to give it to a government like I'll slice your head off and stick it somewhere. <laughs> Blood sprays you, anywhere. Mr. Scriptwriter. Yeah, well, it sounds like I could easily write with Shogun Assassin going by what you're after describing. Yeah, right. Go and write your film then. <laughs> film movie what am I going to just call them now celluloid strips or something to keep you all happy bloody hell I never win in this stupid podcast <laughs> and sadly that brings film. Oh, right shut up now we're finished okay but it is shh <laughs> enough okay Sadly, that brings us to the end of uh, this month's podcast. Uh, we've had to break up the fight there, but um, if anybody wants to see round two, then let, let us know. We can obviously set that up for you. Uh, but we'll be back again next month, June, uh, for two more movies podcasts, one at the beginning of the month, one towards the end of the month. And uh, all I need to do now is thank Jer, Mark and Simon. Thanks, guys. Thanks very much, Phil. Thanks, Phil. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so uh, all I need to do now is uh, tell you about the website go to the website avforums.com forward slash movies check out all our latest reviews up there and we'll see you again next month thanks for listening <laughs> it, it is a good film it really is it's an acquired taste is oh, what it is. give it a rest <laughs> like Guinness or that shit cheese has gone off <laughs> <laughs> I can only find one line. They will pay in rivers of blood. That's all I can find. Yeah, You're not going to find it on any film quote sites. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not a bad film, really. <laughs> <laughs> You're genuinely upset. <laughs> I'm not upset. It's, it's, uh, the whole seven thing had me confused for a while, and I'll admit it's put me in a bit of a spin. The AV Podcast was presented by Phil Hint. Original music by Andrew Bassett and Richard Cosgrove. The AV Podcast was mixed and produced by Phil Hinton, and the senior producer was Stuart Wright. All content, including sound clips and music, is copyright material and featured for promotional use only. The AV Podcast is copyright M2M Limited.